Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. I am so happy to welcome you back to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. We are going there today. If I'm being super honest, I have been struggling a lot with overwhelm and exhaustion and just hustling so much. And I think a lot of us have. Life is so busy. And a lot of times when someone asks you, oh, how are you? You say, oh, I'm good. I've been really busy. Why is that our answer? Why is that our default? I personally have been going through just learning a lot with the Lord about what it means to really rest and Sabbath as an antidote just to living overworked into living overwhelmed. And so I want to share what God's word says about that with you today too, in hopes that if you're running ragged, if you're running dry, if you're exhausted, that we find freedom in God's rest and how it's actually not a bad thing to rest. It's a beautiful thing to rest. So we're going to look at God's words today. But before we do that, I want to remind you of a few awesome resources that are just more extensions of this ministry. This podcast is one of my absolute favorite things to get to sit with you every Tuesday, to get to go along your days and just to have a conversation with you, to dig into God's word. But I also want to remind you about a few other things that you can sign up and just be a part of and just get daily encouragement. And the first thing is the email list. A couple times a month, once a month or so, I send out emails, whether that be devotionals, free wallpapers, favorite things, resources, Bible study tips, 
all the things directly to your inbox. And you can sign up for those for free in the episode notes. I will include a link for you to sign up for the email family. The next thing is Instagram. If you're following me from Instagram, if you found the podcast from Instagram, hello. If you have never heard of my Instagram, I will also leave it in the show notes below so you can hang out with us. This is such a fun app to be able to share daily encouragement on stories, little snippets, verses of the day, encouraging songs and worship music, things I'm learning in motherhood, cute pictures of my baby, <laughs> all the things, fun reels, Bible study tips, all, all of that and more on Instagram. So you can find that below as well. Also, the YouTube channel, I have been back on YouTube, which has been so fun to be able to do. And so I've been sharing videos about like how I journal in my Bible time, some fun lighthearted vlogs, um, things about just anxiety versus to cure your anxiety, just a few of the most recent videos I can think of. So I will have all of those resources and socials linked in the description. If you haven't checked them out, I would love to see you. Please drop me a DM, say hi and say, hey, I found you from the podcast. So I just wanted to leave that out there for you guys. But now let's get into our conversation about the number one reason why you should rest. I know it's a combination of working on my first book, turning in the manuscript, working on the podcast, having my first baby, also dealing with some postpartum, and all of that has just really accumulated and made my heart really, really tired. And not just my heart, but my physical body. And I've seen how that's really exhausted me and run me ragged in my relationship with the Lord too, if I'm being super, super honest. I have been more tired than ever, and I know it's because I'm also a new mom, but I also feel like there's been a lot of clutter in my life. I feel like there has been a lot of just noise in my head. I used to never really be the person that couldn't fall asleep or couldn't, you know, take a nap or rest because I had, you know, people say like, it can't turn my brain off. I really was never that person until the last couple of years. And I've just slowly, I think, um, shifted into this hustle mentality. The Lord really opened my eyes to how I was living this way a couple weeks ago when honestly I had a huge breakdown, just so many tears of sitting there with my husband, just just pouring my soul out and just telling him how exhausted, how overwhelmed I was and just really how anxious I had been about just doing all these things. And I felt the need to do all of these things out of some faulty mentality I really believe was from the enemy that I had to work for my worth. I had to fill my every moment with something to feel valuable, to feel accomplished, which is so vulnerable to say, but so real. And I've just been hurrying from one place to another. I've been um, my mother-in-law and my mom, couple days a week watch Hunter for a few hours so I can get some work done and my mentality was let me just do all the things fill every single moment every single second with something so that I can be fully present with Hunter when he gets home which is what I want to be I, I want to be undistracted and I want to be fully engaged with him but my mindset was just run myself so ragged and then when I get to spend time with him when I get towards the end of the day and I need to make dinner or I want just to relax with my husband or hang out with friends I am so like bone weary I'm so bone exhausted and then that leads to overwhelm that leads to not great sleep if I'm being super honest and so that is what I've been dealing with lately and I think a lot of us we may get along just fine right I mean we may think oh I'm just tired well I'm just a mom or I'm working and all these things so that's why I'm tired right we get along okay 
But with time, we'll all eventually see the decay that hustle and busyness has on our bodies, not only physically, like I mentioned before, but emotionally and mentally. And then the biggest thing is spiritually with our relationship with the Lord. And so the question is, is there a remedy for this exhaustion? Is there a remedy? Is there a better way to live than out of this hustle mentality, out of this lie that we have to be busy all the time? And I'm here to say, but not just me, God's word is here to say that, yes, there is a remedy. And it's not just a one-time remedy. It is a lifestyle, a soul remedy. It is a healing for our lives and a way of life that we were meant to live in Christ. And that comes from the fourth commandment in Exodus. Here, God tells us in Exodus 20 that this is intended to be a rhythm and a routine of the world in our lives. This is meant to be a way of the world in Christ. And so let me read Exodus 28 through 11 for you. It says, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Okay, so what does all of this mean? Let's think about this in context when Moses was given this word from God and said this to the Israelites who had just come out of captivity. And so think about the slaves that were under the Egyptian rule. In Moses' day, they were tasked to make bricks. That was one of their main jobs. Their worth was really measured in the Egyptians' eyes, in the slave drivers' minds, by how many bricks they made and how fast they did it. So if one slave couldn't produce bricks fast enough, well enough, they were worthless. Their value essentially equaled their input. And although we are not the Israelite slaves under the Egyptian rule, we too have adopted this mindset in this modern culture. I know I have. Somewhere along the way, we have started to believe that what we do has direct and inherent value on ourselves, on our lives. And then if we're not doing things, if we're not hustling, if we're not hitting the next goal and in this amount of time and X, Y, or Z or whatever that may be, that we're worthless or that we believe that we have to work to be able to rest. We have to earn our rest. We have to earn that nap or we have to earn that Sabbath or that vacation weekend by working ourselves to the bone. And what happens is that when we believe that, it becomes a spiral and a spiral becomes a rhythm or routine. A spiral becomes something that we really adopt into our lives, into our rhythms. And then when it's a rhythm and when it's something that we do over and over again, we find ourselves run ragged. We find ourselves so soul weary and honestly resentful of the work we get to do. When I say resentful, I know that I'm speaking from my personal experience. I have really not enjoyed working the last month or so, if I'm being honest, because I have spiraled my life into so much busyness that I'm like, oh, I have to do work. Oh, I'm so tired. And so that really breeds resentment in my heart thinking I'm so tired. I don't want to do this work, but I have to because if I don't, I'm not going to be successful or I'm not going to be worth anything or I'm not going to be a good mom to my family, which are just all lies from the enemy, really. Something else that I really want us to think about is that I'm not saying not to be a hard worker. God's word does not say not to work hard and, you know, to use your gifts and to steward well. I mean, over and over in God's word, he talks about how we are to be diligent and hardworking. 
we need to remember that God is a working God and he's also a resting God. We read in Genesis, but then also just in what we read in Exodus 20, that God created the world in six days and then he rested. Now God didn't rest because he was weak or needy or exhausted from creating the world. That was literally child's play for him. But you know what? In that verse again, it said that God rested on the seventh day, but the reason why he did was to set an example. He set the seventh day apart as a day of rest and worship and to really revel in what had happened in creation. And so we're called to follow that example. So yes, God affirms work. He says that we should work. Work is a good thing. We're told over and over again in books like Proverbs not to be a sluggard, not to be lazy. We're told to use our gifts and steward them well. And also another thing that we need to think about is that work was not a result of sin. It was not a result of the fall that God placed Adam and Eve in the garden to work. Work was a good thing. It was pre-fall. So it's not a result of any sin. Work is amazing. And work is what we're called to do. We're called to do kingdom work. We're called to use our gifts and our actions for the Lord. But we get messed up when we work out of the mentality that it's all on our shoulders and that all depends on us. We work, we should work, because we were made in the image of a working God that had a beautiful rhythm of rest as well. The number one reason that we're called to rest is because we were made in the image of a resting God. He worked, but he also rested, and he knew that we would be prone to live in self-sufficiency, to live out of our pride that we can do it ourselves. And so God said, make this a rhythm and routine of your life. So that is the number one reason that we're called to rest. And we're going to unpack that a little more. Rest is not an add-on to our lives, but an integral rhythm to our lives. Think about it this way. Just as a car needs regular maintenance, like an oil check, tire rotations, etc., so our souls need regular routine maintenance. And that is from spending time with God, from resting. There are literally so many statistics from a scientific standpoint. We're not going to go into all the nitty gritty, but you can even look up articles online about how the body functions better when it rests and does not work itself ragged. I mean, that sounds self-explanatory, right? And yet we don't always follow it. But when we get adequate sleep, when we take rest, when we feel ourselves with the right food, when we don't push our bodies to the limits, all of those things really add up to a healthy overall body and wellness. And so even science affirms that. That's the way that God created the body right? I think what's also helpful is knowing why we're called to rest. Why does God call us to rest? And so when we look at that passage in Exodus 28 through 11, or we read more into God's word, the purpose of the Sabbath day is to remind us of who he is and who we are in the light of who God is. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. 
When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. The Sabbath is this awesome reminder that we need God. We look at what God just did in six days to create the world, and then God rested, and he reveled, and he worshiped, and he just said, hey, this is what I want you guys to do. The Sabbath is an amazing reminder that we need God, that we can't possibly live out this life or our kingdom callings or what God calls us to do without resting and reconnecting and reconvening. I want you to think about those two words. Resting is also another way to reconnect and to reconvene with our God. It's basically a reminder that God is God and that we are not. It's a reminder to be obedient to God's call to rest, even if we feel like we have limitless energy. I know I just mentioned and have shared in this episode already that I've been so tired, but in the same vein, I get going and I think that I have limitless energy and that I can just do this next thing because I have a little bit more energy. And it's just this pride that I felt that that everything depends on me. And even if my to-do lists are piling high, even if I have lots of energy, I am called to rest. And essentially, rest comes down to being obedient. Rest is obedient. Not resting and running ourselves ragged, if you think about it, in the inverse, is actually disobedience. I know that's really hard to hear, but if rest is something we're called to do, we're called to obey that. And if we're disobeying that, we're living out of the mindset that we don't need rest. I want to remind you that I am preaching this to my soul too. It is not easy, but I think it's been a powerful reminder for me to look through God's word and just to look through even just this fourth commandment in Exodus 20 about why we're called to rest. Personally, for me, when God calls me to something, when I read something in God's word that says, this is what you should do, I love seeing that God always tells us why. He doesn't just say, oh, love your neighbor. He's saying, love your neighbor because I called you to love them. Love your neighbor because you have first been loved by me. All of these things that God calls us to has a why, and the why is greater than any sacrifice, anything that's hard in our lives. I think what I've been also just really sitting with the Lord in is that any sacrifice, anything that God calls us to do, no matter how hard it is, always has a greater exchange. It has a greater gift and blessing than anything that we could try to do. When we see, oh, that is hard to do. It is hard to rest. It goes against my flesh and this culture telling me to hustle. There is always a greater exchange in rest. There's a greater pleasure. There's a greater blessing. And our greatest work actually comes out of a place that lives from a rhythm of rest. We also need to talk about what it means to keep the Sabbath holy. So holy in the original language, if you think about a definition, holy really means to be set apart. And so how can we keep it holy? What does it mean to make rest holy? What does it mean to set it apart? So there is actually more to Sabbath than the absence of labor. When we think about resting, we think, okay, it means that we don't work. It's actually about worship. It's about rest. It's about stillness. And as my friend Ann Voskamp said, soul stillness. 
rest has so many different facets and it's not just physical, you know, refraining from work. It's mental, emotional, and spiritual. So during the Sabbath, we need to think about these three things is that God created the world and rested. God has begun his new work and creation in us and that we rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross. So we need to remember this order. I'm going to say that again. The first thing is that we need to remember that God created the world and he rested. Number two, we need to remember that God has begun his new work and creation in us. And number three, we rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross. It's all this beautiful like overflow. It's this beautiful thing that because God created the world and rested, and because God has renewed us in his creation, we also rest in the finished work of Christ. So remembering these things, remembering the gospel leads us to rest. And it's just more of a mental thought of, oh, that's nice. Like remembering Sabbath and remembering that God has rested and created the world. It's more than just an acknowledgement. Rest and remembering is celebrating God's work in your life with God's people. Keeping the Sabbath holy means making it a priority. It means to not clutter it or taint it, right? Because holy means to set something apart. So if you set it apart and then add other things to it or muddle it with the busyness and the hustle of the world, that's actually not rest. So keeping the Sabbath holy is just honoring God enough to be like, okay, I am going to do that. I am not going to muddle it with my pride or my to-do list or my expectations. I'm going to simply rest and I'm going to keep it set apart because I love you. And because I know that what you did in creation and that example you set for me is for my benefit. You rested as an example so that I would rest and so that I would actually be soul healthy because of that rest. A lot of times we talk about keeping the Sabbath, but really the Sabbath keeps us in a rhythm of life that is pleasing to the Lord. When we think about keeping something, we think about keeping that you know appointment or that obligation or that schedule or whatever, but really the Sabbath keeps us. If we stay in the Sabbath, if we stay in the obedience to the Lord to rest, the Sabbath keeps us and it keeps us in this beautiful rhythm that we were created to please the Lord, to also do our best work for the kingdom of the Lord. I've noticed that when I'm not resting, that my best work is not done. That when I am living out of the hustle mentality and just to get things done and I'm not connecting with the Lord and really reconvening with him and being still with the Lord, my work is not is not done well. It is done out of pride. It is done out of this urgency when Jesus really walked with this really intentional pace that I should also be walking with. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 tells us that Jesus came to bring rest to our souls, to take off the burden, to set us free. Busyness, hustling, and striving to live out of self-sufficiency will keep us in bondage. It'll keep us chained. It'll keep us from really fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free that Paul says. We need to live out of freedom, and the way to live in freedom is to rest. John Mark Comer also says, The solution to an overbusy life isn't more time. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. Wow. I love that quote. It's from his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is one that I need to read again, especially in this season of just feeling so soul exhausted and hustling too much. Before we get into some practical ways to Sabbath, I want to really answer this question. Some people believe that the Sabbath is outdated, that it was this Old Testament, Old Covenant, pre-Jesus law that we don't have to rest anymore. But Sabbath has so many implications for today and relevance for today. Sure, Sabbath may not look exactly like it did in the Old Testament when Moses was mentioning it in Exodus 20, but it's our rest until we find true rest in eternity with our God. I want to say that again. 
Sabbath is our rest until we find true rest in eternity with our God. So for now, we can all work out the details personally as far as what Sabbath looks like for you. But Sabbath needs to be a rhythm of our weekly and our daily lives. Now, I'm not saying to sit on the couch and just sleep for hours every day because that's rest. What I am saying, though, is that Sabbath should be an integral way of life, not just secluded to one day. I want to read you this quote that I found from Ray Ortland. He wrote this about Sabbath and someone asked him if Sabbath was still relevant. So here's what he said. I wonder if the very concept of the weekend is biblical. It seems to me that the weekend turned Sunday into a second Saturday. It turned Sunday into a day to catch up on what we didn't do on Saturday or a day to ramp up for what's ahead on Monday and the week to come. It hollows out our whole week because it marginalizes God and church and sermons and all other things that happen in our lives only when we make the vital things also the central things. If we accept the concept of the weekend, we risk fitting God in rather than centering our every week are every day around him. We risk living soul-exhausted lives and wonder why God isn't more real to us and why we're exhausted and grumpy. This quote is powerful to me. We always say, you know, don't just go to church on Sunday and leave it at that. Don't just leave it at that and make your relationship in church just Sunday. So the same thing goes for rest. Ray Ortland is, you know, asserting here that if we just settle for the fact that Sunday is our Sabbath and Sunday is our rest for a few hours at church, then we're going to live soul exhausted lives. We're going to risk fitting God into just the church service on Sunday. And so how can we make Sabbath really a routine of our lives? And I think that is just making sure that every day, although we have to work, although we have to be moms, although we have all of these God-given areas of our lives, to make sure that we are not living out of the mentality of hustle. Because I really believe, at least for me, that it started in my mind. It started in my heart believing that I had to hustle, believing that I had to run myself ragged and believing that I am enough to work on my own without relying and resting in the Lord. And so I think starting with the mindset in the heart that we were created to rest and not be sluggard, to not just sit on the couch every day, but to just really reconnect with the Lord because out of an intimate relationship and a daily consistent relationship with the Lord comes rest. And out of that rest comes our best work, like I keep saying. And so let's talk about some practical ways to rest and Sabbath. And this isn't just, again, for your weekends, maybe even something that you can integrate in your weeks just to help you keep that mindset. I am doing a lot of these. And so some ways to rest in Sabbath. The first thing I think is obvious and that I think goes with our weekends because I know everyone's schedule is a little different, but that's just stop working in general, whether that's on a Sunday, you know, your day of church, whether that's a Saturday. And this just isn't the work that you get paid for, mind you. This is a day to set worries aside, try as hard as we might. This is a day that we stop wanting. It's a day that we actually celebrate what we have in God. And so I don't know what your schedule looks like for work. I don't know. I know that, you know, maybe you're a mom and I'm a new mom too. And you're thinking, I never get a day off. But these are just things that you actually just to set worries aside, to stop that nine to five, to disconnect, to unplug, and instead to celebrate and stop wanting. Sabbath does look like church and fellowship as well. Again, it's not just 
just the only way that we Sabbath and we reset and we connect with the Lord. But this is just fellowship with the body of believers. This is a non-negotiable. We talk about this a lot in the Bible. You know, Paul says it just over and over too, just to build one another up in love. And Hebrew says to not neglect meeting together. So going to church is a way to Sabbath. It's a way to rest and reconnect with the Lord. Also get encouragement to be refilled, to be poured back in from other people who love the Lord as well. Another way is also rest, sleep, or nap. This is also beneficial. Again, I'm not saying all the time. I'm not saying every second waking moment of the day to rest and sleep and nap. But also sleeping and napping re-energizes our bodies. Again, like we said, just scientifically, we need good sleep. Another thing that I love to do is to feast and eat with friends and to fellowship with friends, to have conversations about the Lord, just to be in comfortable settings with the people that you love. In a similar vein, I would also say that hosting is a really cool way to Sabbath as well. But I think we need to be careful not to fall into the Martha mindset. You know, in the story of Luke 10, when Mary and Martha were preparing to have Jesus over, both women prepared, both Mary and Martha prepared together. But when Jesus came, Mary was like, okay, we prepared. I want to sit at the feet of Jesus now in fellowship. But Martha said, no, you need to work. Why aren't you working? Why aren't you helping me? Her mindset was on making the house look good and working instead of really choosing the good portion. So I'm not saying host like Martha. I'm saying host and invite people in to rest and reconnect. That is kind of just a low-key way maybe to also host and rest at the same time. Our lives should be characterized by worship, but when I say worship as a as a form of Sabbath and rest, not just on the altar of binging Netflix, but worship through creation, through going on a walk, through singing songs, through worship music, through just reveling and praising God at what he had done, you know, taking down a thankfulness list, writing down what God has done for you. All of those things, reading a book, having a conversation with your spouse, unplugged, meaning turn that phone off, put it in the other room, having conversations with family and friends, you know, praying for each other, cooking, baking, one of my favorite ways to do that. It's just so relaxing to me. Again, like I said, take a walk, go exercise, stretch, move your body, not to the fact where you're just running yourself ragged and you're just exhausting yourself because you do need to be restful when you Sabbath, but maybe that's something that you enjoy and that takes the stress off from a long work week. I know that's really beneficial for a ton of people. Love on your spouse, read scripture, listen to a podcast, you know, listen and catch up to Truth Talks with Tara episodes you may have missed. All of those good things. Those are just a few ways that I would encourage you to Sabbath and to rest. And again, I know it's easier to do these things on the weekend, but even just during the day, just to think about how can I make this a part of my rhythm and routine? Because again, remember, our best work is done out of a place of regular rest and reconnection with the Lord. So I just encourage you, like Ray Ortland said, work out the details of Sabbath for yourself personally. What does that look like? I know some of you have to work during the weekends. I know there are tons of moms too that's like, you know, we never really get a day off. So work out those details and what it looks like for your life and your schedule personally. But I just pray that this encouragement reminds you that rest is a rhythm and it actually helps us to live our best lives and to work our best. So remember, the number one reason why we're called to rest is because God says so. I think that's sometimes hard to hear. And maybe we want all the answers. We want the reasons why. And we do have the reasons why. Because God says that's how we operate the best. That's how we stay the most soul healthy and connected to him. But bottom line, 
God calls us to rest. He set an example for us literally at the beginning of the world. He said, I know that you guys are going to be people that are prone to work yourselves to the bone. You're going to be prone to be overwhelmed and to be tired and to be overworked. And he said, so I'm going to set this example for you. And I want you to keep this rhythm and routine of your lives. And for me, I haven't been doing a good enough job of making rest a rhythm. I have been running myself so ragged to the point where I need to rest and then I work hard again and I overwork myself and then I rest again. And so my my job and my goal, at least for me personally, is to make that a rhythm and routine of my life. And so I would just invite you to join me. I would invite you just to come along with me as we figure out what it looks like to rest and to make this a rhythm and routine of our lives. Thank you so much for sitting down or being on the go wherever you're listening to this show with me again. I really appreciate and I'm honored that you would hear me out as I share really honestly about what I've been feeling and what I've been going through and just how soul exhausted I have been and how needy I am just to really put this into practice for myself. And so I love you and I thank you for being here. I pray that this just gives you reminders and maybe gives you practical tips of this is why God calls me to rest and I want to be obedient and follow him in this way. So thank you. You're the best. I pray that you would go into this new week, this new day, whenever you're listening to it, with this refreshed sense of passion and excitement to make Sabbath a rhythm and routine of your life because that's where the most intimacy and connection and the best kingdom work comes from. Until next week and next episode, my friend.